Welcome to Raising Nashville. I'm Bucky. Juice box. Oh boy. The subject we want to cover this week uh, is very important to the development of your children, but it also frustrates parents to absolutely no end. And we are talking to about the golden age of a toddler. And there are some things that come along with the golden age of a toddler that uh, often get a bad rap Uh, as a title it gets a bad rap but so uh, what is the age range of a toddler uh, the age range of a toddler is uh, on average between one and four years old okay so that is a toddler that is the you know the time in life when they're going through some you know emotional things they're growing as children they're understanding what things are developing development it is all development from one to four years old but right in the middle of that span of about three years is something that is often known as the term the terrible twos i think you're mispronouncing it i think it's pronounced the terrific twos <laughs> <laughs> I guess to each their own, then. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And but, and old boy is going to debunk this myth. Okay. But wait a minute. So the terrible twos is what everybody knows. It's known. It's a, it's a household name. It's a household for, term. For pessimists. I, I've never heard of the terrific twos. Well, I'm a half uh, glass half full <laughs> kind of guy. Okay. That sounds like it's all the way full. Good. Overflowing. My cup runneth over. In case uh, you haven't picked up out there, our loyal listenership, uh, today we are covering the terrible twos. So what we like to do on Raising Nashville podcast is we like to create a title for our episodes. And this week, we have gone back and forth on a bunch of different titles. So we're going to pitch them to you guys uh, to see what's going to win the title of our episode this week. All right. Does who wants to start? All right. I'm. Uh, I thought we could do the title as, "Hey, get your ass up off the floor." No. Damn it. <laughs> okay. No. What about will you get that out of your mouth? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, mine was two. It's not the magic number. No. <laughs> Well, I think we have our title now. Okay, so we can't come up with the title. They're all bad. So I guess the title of this week's episode is just... No. Yeah. It's perfect. And we want to thank uh, Juicebox's kid, Barrett, for some uh, supplying us with that audio file. I mean, that is a word that he says like every other word now, so let's not really thank him too much. <laughs> so that means, and, and let me, for our listenership out there, how old is Barrett? He is a year and a half. And if every other word coming out of his mouth, that is a serious sign of what the term is known as, as the terrible twos. (laughs) You can clear your throat all you want. It exists. And so what we want to do this week on the episode is we want to talk about, you know, the dad's perspective on our perception of this toddler age. Um, why it exists, what to look for, um, and we don't want you to get you know discouraged. We want to we want you to be able to deal with it mentally because it can be trying. 
um, we want to kind of give you our idea of how to combat or, you know, create your roadmap for your own terrible twos. Yeah, okay. that's true. Because I don't know about you guys, like, but before I had a kid and I would be around a kid that was in that age range, my whole mentality was just like, kids are assholes, like plain and simple. Yes. Like I, did, I couldn't think past that. The fact that when the kid gets this age, they're just an asshole. Not the fact that they're going through some major mental and physical developments that could probably lead to some of this. And that, I mean, that's what you see. And sometimes it can cause a strain on the relationship with, you know, your relationship with the mom. And it's just because we're trying to navigate something that is out of our control. And yeah. that is the main point. So, Meanwhile, still trying to have a semblance of a normal life while you're doing it. It's true. And let me define, because before we get into the, the combative nature of Raising Nashville podcast, where old boy likes to come at me um, <laughs> with a completely different idea and debunk anything that I've ever, ever no. said. Okay. Yeah, I want to go ahead and kind of read a couple of descriptions of the terrible twos. Um, it, it's a normal development phase experienced by young children that's often marked by tantrums, defiant behavior, and lots of frustration. And to me, that pretty much sums it up. I also read another description of the terrible twos that said uh, it comes down to frustration, which is probably going to be you know a consistent term mm-hmm. throughout this podcast. Yep. It comes down to frustration from wanting to do things themselves without the skills necessary to understand or negotiate them. And that, you know, it talks kind of goes back to development, you know, they are having to, as much as you as a parent can kind of help their development by rights and wrongs or, you know, leading them this way or making sure they don't fall down the stairs. A lot of their development is internal. And that is something that as a parent, you can't control And it kind of snowballs into the fact that, you know, this frustration is causing this behavior. And when you as a person, and I know old boy and I've talked about this, when you as a person can't control something, especially when it comes to your own family, it is frustrating for you. Yeah. So it is, you know, the word frustration is, it defines the terrible twos. If you look it up in the dictionary, I'm sure there's a picture of a kid with his face (laughs) down on the floor. (laughs) Kicking and screaming. Yeah. Um, so what we want to do is kind of give you an idea of how to read the signs of the terrible twos. Because okay. um, they will inevitably come. It says, you know, I, I read something that said 75% uh, or more of children experience the te- terrible twos, which is a good majority of the country. Um, and it also mentioned Western culture and right. we caused the terrible too. We, we caused we, it or we defined it. We cause it. We like continuously cause it because of expectations that we have. Uh, um so but talking before false expectations. Exactly. So before we came up with the idea of this podcast, we kind of spitball ideas with each other and we talked about the terrible twos and this is an important subject to parents and we want, you know, to give you our our uh thoughts and ideas on it. Old boy proceeds to tell Juicebox and I that he did not experience the terrible twos. We did not. My wife and I and our daughter was great. We actually called her Kid Terrific until age three. (laughs) And then what happened? Uh, I think she just wanted to be called Samantha. (laughs) (laughs) Knock that out. So you didn't, you have not experienced some of these signs like tantrums or talking back or no, or defiant behavior. Your daughter has been 
just the a perfect, perfect, the good son, perfect angel the yeah, whole time. I don't, I don't know if I believe this, and yeah. if I do, I one hundred percent do not trust your daughter. <laughs> right, she's got some hidden agenda. I, I asked my wife when we decided on this topic. I reached out to her and I was like, I, you know, do you remember Samantha like going through like a a, a period of time where she was just out of control and being an asshole the whole time, you know, that kick, like that image, everybody has that image of a, of a toddler laying on the ground in the middle of a store, kicking and screaming. Yep. Right. And it drives everybody crazy. My daughter's never done that. She's never, I mean, she's just never been an outright dick. I mean, she, she may. And you're her dad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> it's going to come out right. It's going to come out right. I imagine yeah. age 13. It's just like hell is on. Would this be a good time to reference our spanking episode? I, I was going to say, I, I wonder when we get done with this episode, if we will do a follow up spanking episode where we all change our opinions on the matter and we're all pro spanking. <laughs> I was thinking the opposite, but I guess. I, no, I, my attitude towards spanking may be different if Samantha had been uh, uh, terrible. Okay. But as opposed to old boy, I currently have a two and a half year old son and we are in the, we're in the Webster's dictionary version of the terrible twos right now. I mean, we are, he was an, I saw him yesterday. He was an angel yesterday. He, he was running around being real nice, but like Samantha, my kid is very good on a stage. And what I mean that, I mean, when I take him out in public, he puts on a performance. When he goes behind the curtain, he's that whiny little, you know. But how? Give us some examples. When he, when we go out to a restaurant, he is very well behaved. I looked over at another table, and you've got kids screaming and crying and throwing queso. You know, you go to, like you said, a grocery store, and kids are kicking and screaming because they can't have this candy. Right. You go to, you know, all kinds of places where kids in that toddler age are or throwing fits ours doesn't in public i think he saves it all up just for my wife and i and his older brother and he unleashes as soon as the, i mean when that door shuts it's you know you're you're you get in jail home. you get home and it's like he he is the warden <laughs> he is the warden okay yeah when it comes to discipline i guess and it's his way or the highway okay so since i didn't experience it um juice box isn't there yet and you're in the midst of it give us some examples some real life examples of what levon does that's so terrible hold on before i answer that question i think juice box might be on the cusp i was gonna say I, I think we're entering that phase like i don't you know I don't want to say it's terrible. Also, I don't want to say that yet either. I don't want to give it that that stigma. That but, negative. Yeah. But at the same time, our kid is saying no all the time now. Like he's very defiant in that. He wants to do things on his own. Like he he's trying to figure things out and do stuff and getting more frustrated by that all the time. You know. So I see it happening. He has meltdowns more often now. But like I, I guess I'm not fully into this terrible phase yet. Sure. We're we're at the beginning of what could turn into that. Okay, then to answer old boy's question, you, since you quote unquote did not experience this, which I do not believe whatsoever, I, I, um, I, I'll show you the text between my wife and I because I had to ask her. I was like, maybe you know, maybe she experienced it more than I did. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. So, the terrible twos in our home mm-hmm. in our specific situation is like you said, everything from not wanting to take a bath and throwing a fit because of it. And I'm talking, you know, screaming and fighting and going as far into that corner as he can get before I have to walk over and get him, you know, and running away from me, constantly saying no, 
um, just cry, crying out of nowhere. Another one is big in our house is is currently kind of the winter season for Nashville. He won't leave the house with a coat on, and I can't explain enough why it's cold outside. Put this jacket on, or the exact opposite of that. He wants to go outside, and it's too cold for me. Like, I don't know, you know, he wants to go out. It's nighttime. Like we can't go out at night. He doesn't understand that. You know, it's, it's learning and learning what you can and can't get away with Um, having to eat dinner at a certain time, you know, or if it's dinner time, he just throws a fit and doesn't want to eat. And terrible could be picking up that strawberry slice and throwing it at his mom's face. Like, you know, okay. He has slapped us in the face, both of us before. Um, Good for him. (laughs) Jesus. Um, No, I feel you real quick though on that uh, outside thing. Like Barrett is really into that right now. Like he really wants to go outside and play, which I love. But at the same time, he refuses to put on a jacket. And then like, if you get his jacket on, He'll go outside and immediately try to start taking it off. It's like, dude, it's 35 degrees outside. And then, you know, if he does get his jacket off, if I'm like humoring him for a second, he's instantly like freezing and his like lips are, ch- you know, yeah, exactly. his teeth yeah. are chattering. I'm like, dude, like put one and one together. I yeah. think I, I think this is normal kid behavior, but I I, I I do. I do. I didn't wear a jacket till I was 35. I d- <laughs> I, I agree with you that it is normal, <laughs> but I, I, I the slapping thing I, that's bad. Yeah. Um, the not wanting to take a bath, I think that's normal. Uh, kids just so that's like not do. a terrible. Do you all have fun when he takes baths, or y'all just get in wash? Me too. We have fun. We have tons of fun. I, I probably ex- exert more energy giving this kid a bath, bath than I do playing with him in the basement. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say bath time is a pretty big deal for right. us too. And we do deal with the same thing like everyone, you know, once a week maybe right now Barrett is like not having the bath. Cuz bath time is that last time that you can wear their ass out so they're tired enough yeah. to go to bed. To go to bed. So yeah, and they and they probably have put it together that man bedtime is right after this and they probably don't want to go to bed either. Sure. Okay. So, so things to look for um, besides what I just kind of described in my household, uh, like I said, behavior, tantrums, kicking, hitting, biting, throwing, um, you know, stuff like that. Oppos- opposition due to independence, um, which, like we said, is, you know, they don't want to wear their coat. You know, they yep. want to defy you or holding their hand when they no longer want to hold your hand. Like when you say, hold my hand, you're walking down the street at a sidewalk sure. or in a parking lot. When they don't want to do that, that's kind of part of that. Mood swings is a big thing in the terrible twos. They could go from very happy to you know crying in an instance, yeah. yeah, you know, or the exact opposite when they're when. And that's another way to combat the terrible twos is to you know uh, divert their attention and and make them happy again. So they can go from crying to happy, happy to crying really quick. Um, real, real quick, let me ask you guys. And this is I don't have any thing to back this up this is just something i'm thinking about like do you think this is kind of like their version of like becoming a teenager because think about it when you become a teenager your body is overwhelmed with like hormones and all types of stuff and you you know you're the same way like mood swings you know you're happy one minute you're mad the next minute like things are great things are terrible like i feel like it's it's very similar type of things you're you want to be super independent but you're not totally there yet you know like that's a good. Yeah, I think I it's, think developmentally, yeah, I think that's the the stuff I've read up on suggests that in, in a way. It just seems like when your body goes through these developments and it's overwhelmed by hormones and just like de- you know new sensations and stuff like that, like it it just 
yeah turns into this yeah sure because you, you don't have any other way to like express it really so a lot of articles kind of lead on to that as well i mean this is a like i said a um uh, very important time to development of a human being right. and it is yeah. a you know a block of time it's not just you know isolated you know it's just like you said, hitting puberty, becoming a teenager. Yeah, I mean, that could be several years that you're going through crazy shit. It's the same way with this, you know, like it's hitting Barrett right now at one and a half. And, you know, some of the stuff that I was reading about is like this can last until they're, like you said, four years right. old or something like that. Sure. So when when I got a question, so when Levon acts out and wants something, does he get his way? It depends on what that is. And that's a way that you kind of navigate how to deal with it and some things like you always hear pick your battles Mm -hmm. with a terrible two-year-old you kind of at some point got to pick your battles so there are some serious developmental battles or things that you want to teach them or you know um you know we're we're kind of going through through potty training so you know rewarding is a big thing in our household right now sure and um distraction but you pick your battles. There's a lot of things he doesn't get his way on, though, because if you got your way the day before. Now, when you bring, obviously, grandparents into the mix, they throw a curveball oh, into God. this whole thing. <laughs> yes. And it, it's not the greatest for, you know, your uh, you have to peace re- of mind. You have to retrain them. <laughs> you really do. You I mean, really yeah. do. Um, so what I want to do now is just kind of go through a couple of things. And we, for your parents out there, especially you dads that are listening to the podcast and any moms too um, that have just had a child, expecting a child, you're going to go through this period uh, unless you're old boy and you're a unicorn. I think you said, yeah, I think development. you said I'm in that 25th percentile. I, it's a lot lower than that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But how to prepare – because you know that this is coming and it says, you know, an average is about 18 months to four years, or it could be up to four years. That first year, it's kind of, you know, that part of development is just reaction. It's, you know, uh, basically a quid pro quo, this, this for that type scenario with a baby. But once they get old enough to walk, that's when, you know, this is when you can start preparing. Once they start being able to walk, talk or string, you know, two to three words together. Um, they start having opinions on things. You start noticing them discovering emotions and being sad because they can't have something or happy because they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of that whole learning how to share timeline. Um, once wow. all of those things start rolling in motion, you can prepare for this emotional uh, tidal wave that is coming that causes them to act I'm, out. And- you, I, you know, if you really think about it, you've got a baby that you feed, you carry around, you bathe, you wipe its butt and do all that stuff. Um, once they get on their feet, you know, as a parent, you know, you you may still feed them, but I doubt it. They're pretty much like you've done everything for them. And now you're not. And now you're telling them no and everything else. And you're like, I'd be confused, too. <laughs> I'd be very confused. I'd be like, all I did was start walking. I like your idea, though. I, the confusion yeah. in a child who can't control their own emotions because they're going through this period. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all of a sudden, things are being denied to them that they've never had anything denied to them. I mean, yeah. they, you know. But they've never had that, though, either. So you have to start early 
with the nose. I mean, it kind of goes back to baby proofing your house or we don't have our house baby proofed and that kid can walk underneath that sink and open it up. And there are so many chemicals sitting right there. Do you know why he doesn't? Cause you have it locked or why? Because of the first time he tried it. <laughs> Did that end with a, uh, oh, oh, was spanking. a paddle with 15 holes. In ah. it? No, no, I'm just kidding. But no, he just knows right from wrong because you have to start by saying no. Right. Then, they start, you know, mirroring you and they say no back because they I think the first word, in my opinion, that they understand the meaning of is no. So they know how to use it. And that's why it's so used in the beginning of their childhood. I see. I don't know if they understand the meaning of it, though, because I swear, like for our kid, he'll say no to everything, even stuff that you definitely knows that he wants. And what I was reading up about is like, that's totally normal. A kid learn, you know, they hear you say no so much. They just start responding to everything with just no. a I new mean, word. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, we're going through, I can list off 20 things to my kid and he'll say no to every single thing. And 10 of them, I know that he actually wants, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. I'm like, do you want to go outside? No. Oh, well, yeah, I know that you do want to go outside. Yeah. So. <laughs> so sometimes you have to bypass it. I, I get that. That's that's part of navigation. Um, and like you said, are there certain things you let them get away with and certain things you don't? Um, yeah. You stay consistent with the things that you do and don't. Yeah, I think. yeah that's tough, too. Especially, you know, if as, as parents, you have to be on the same page with what you're enforcing. Yeah, sure. Um, because that's and that's something that I, you know, wanted to bring up also was like, does the terrible twos affect your marriage? And that's a there's a big question out there about that, um, because and the way I explain it is it, you know, it doesn't necessarily affect my marriage, but it affects the way that my wife and I talk to each other in certain situations, mm-hmm. um, especially at, you know, two o'clock in the morning and they've woke up and they're just throwing a fit in the middle of their room and you worked late and you've got to work early the next morning and certain words come out that you wish you probably could take back, but it happens. So your marriage, you have to understand each other, like you said, and be on the same page, on the at same least page. on that wavelength. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, it, it also affects your marriage during this part of their development. When the kid goes back and forth between the parent that he likes the most and what he will do the most for. Yeah. And Juicebox, you might not have, you're not into this completely yet, I don't think, but there are periods of times where Levon will not go to sleep for his mom. But if I am in there, I read him, you know, he makes his mom read six books, whines about it, two bottles. 50 minutes later, she's walking out of that room just defeated. Exhausted. And when I go in there, it is two books, lights off, music on. You've got about 30 seconds of rock, and then you're in the bed. And he does it every time, and she doesn't understand how he does that for me. And I don't understand how she can't get him to do that. And that is maybe internally, but that puts a big strain on the relationship, too. I've got it. Maybe I've, I tried something with uh, with my daughter. I had read about this. And I think it's called uh, It's a, a Swedish, maybe, or Swiss family Swiss family, Jesus. It's uh, a <laughs> Swedish. You or built a, her a treehouse? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> the, uh, it's a style of parenting that uh, you bargain everything. Everything. Because the kid has stuff they want. You have stuff you want, mainly for them to behave. So you bargain. And you bargain everything. But okay. like. like what, I, at, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. At what age do you think that that 
starts to work because that doesn't work initially. Like a kid doesn't understand bargaining initially. Like I talked just a quick example. Like my kid doesn't like having his diaper changed a lot of times, you know, he'll lay on the floor and fight you or whatever. And I'm like, you know, if we do this diaper change, then after that we can watch some Sesame street deal. And he's always says deal, but he doesn't know if fucking deal means. Like, yeah. he's you start still to take that diaper off. Yeah, and he's still fighting me. So it's like, when, when does that kick in? You know? Yeah. Then you tell him, say no cookie, man. Yeah. Say no cookie. You got you broke the deal. Well, I'm like I, Bucky on that. I'm like, yeah. Uh, you're like, uh, yeah. Here's cookie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I, I like cookie too. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question too, because they they certainly have to comprehend it. But it does it, it for me anyway. It has worked because I will. I if she want if she doesn't want to take a bath, I need her to take a bath. Um, so then I'll I'll throw in. I'll say, I tell you what, you're paying her off. No, I'm bargaining. Okay, take your bath now. And when we read books tonight, I tell you what, I'll throw in an extra book. I'll read four books tonight. That does sound a bit like a payoff. Yeah, but I guess you're off. But it's a fine line. It's a it's a it's uh, it's bargaining. She sure. gets something she wants, but I get something I want. So that it's, is uh, a lot of the stuff I was reading about this was like if your kid is having a meltdown, like n- not they weren't necessarily going to that length, like saying bargaining, but just like talking to him in a normal voice and being you know instead of you getting frustrated, also if you can just sit there and kind of like be like. Hey, what's wrong? You know, is there something right. I can do? You know, whatever it is, like you're talking in a normal voice to him, that can help him calm down. Another thing with the bath, because I was looking this up when we were having some trouble with giving Bear to bath, is like that. What well, for the for that or for other situations, like if they don't want to do it, you just go ahead, like run the bath water, go in there, take the toy in there, act like you're having a good time, like hanging out in the bathroom, you know, yeah. and that, and eventually they're going to be like, wait a minute, hey, okay, yeah, I do like bath time. Yeah, so maybe I was having a meltdown for no reason. And, and there is, so those are, you know, great reactions to kind of how to combat or deal with the terrible twos as a parent. Trick them. They're, <laughs> trick them. Um, no, I mean, and that's kind of what it boils down to. And, and I've got a, you know, I've got a few more, but before I go into uh, ways that you can, you know, easily communicate with your child and do things like that and, yeah. and get them to avoid the terrible twos is there is also a sense of discipline and you have to punish kids that are two years old. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I still think sending a kid to their room or yeah, taking a toy away is, is fine punishment. Yeah. I think parenting in my experience is just a lot of repetition. I have to repeat things. My kid, I, saying yes, ma'am. I'm 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 from Nashville in the South, so the saying yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir is is just manners. Please and thank opinion. you. Yep. And I, I since she's been born, since she could start talking, I've tr- I reinforce it every time she talks. Anytime an adult talks to her, and she's just like, "Yep," <laughs> I'm like, "It's yes, sir," or "It's no, ma'am," or whatever it is. And I to this day, I still do it. Sometimes she says it, sometimes she doesn't, but I always. I think parenting is repetition. You have to constantly tell these kids. Yeah. But I mean, another way to combat the terrible twos, if you find yourself in that situation, also kind of going to your point, but a little bit more of a fair level or playing field other okay. than buying them off is, uh, <laughs> is uh, give them options and you yeah. limit those options, you know? So when, you know, Levon doesn't want to wear these shoes, you know, he's got four pairs of shoes. Now, if you the, if you knew or could anticipate what was about to happen, you know you're about to take your kid and he's about to have to put all his shoes on because you're leaving. 
you walk in there and you just grab two pairs of shoes and you say, do you want the blue shoes or do you want the red shoes? You know, and um, that's apparently another way to kind of diffuse it. Yeah. Um, Limit, limit their options. Absolutely. Something we also talked about earlier in the podcast is redirection. So when you, when your kid starts throwing a fit and you need to redirect that attention, you may pick them up and take them to a a picture in your house and say, look at the pretty picture. You may, you know, try to uh, go over and pick up a game that's just laying in the middle of the floor and start playing with it yourself and showing how much fun you're, you know, having playing with it. Maybe they'll eventually get over it. Um, redirection is another one. Also, uh, another point I read was uh, kind of self-narrating. And yeah. that is basically telling your kid what you're about to do and why <laughs> and helping them through. The, <laughs> you laugh. Uh, daddy's going to walk upstairs <laughs> and get that get that paddle off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to walk back downstairs. He's going to paddle that ass. No, I feel but like, at that point you could give them between then and then to get right. See, do you tell them that, or is that just the element of surprise? I don't I know. Like you just appear with that paddle, and that's what really scares. Them. I don't know. I think at I, least that's what I learned from Bucky's stories. <laughs> yes, I would just come home from school and open the door, and my mom's just standing at the top of the stairs with that paddle hanging down. You didn't even know she was home. She just yeah, appeared. I didn't. She closes the door. She's behind the door. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly the truth, though, because like. Just an example, like, you know, I get home or before Dana does generally. I've got Barrett with me, like, and I'll start trying to prep stuff for dinner. A lot of times Barrett's cool. He'll go and play. Other times he's just, like, you know, not having me standing at the counter, like, prepping dinner. Like, he's pushing yeah. me out of the way. He's crying or whatever. And I'm just trying to explain to him, like, you know, I know you're probably hungry. Like, I'd have to make this. I have to get dinner ready. I have to work on this. I'm trying to like just explain it to him. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, I'll let him stand at the counter in a chair. Sometimes that works. Talking through what you're doing kind of helps normalize, I think, to them a little bit. Like I said, he understands it about half the time. The other half the time, he's still having a meltdown. Sure. I, I like this, though. And, and all the whole premise of what we're talking about today is just trying to help navigate. I'm right in the middle of it. So I... I can't necessarily see the light at the end of the tunnel right. yet, yeah. um, but I know that I see him on a daily basis, and he gets better and better at coping with things, and that is it's an encouragement for me. Sure, yeah. At the same time, uh, I started dating my wife, uh, and her kid had just turned three, who's my you know son now. His name's Asher. He's ten, and it was about six to eight months after we started dating, we decided or maybe longer than that, maybe a year. So let's say he's not four, but approaching four. Okay. We're in a car. We're driving to Chicago. I think it's the first time I went to our parents' house. He's in the back seat. I have no no experience with children whatsoever. We stop at a Sonic. I mean, this is a seven-hour drive. We stop at a Sonic. We order him a kid's meal. Uh, it comes with a, a blue slushy, small slushy, which as a kid, I would have got that at that age. So he should be happy with that. Sure. Well... He really wanted this red slushy, and he did not want the blue slushy. And again, he's approaching four a little bit, you know, maybe three and a half to four. He starts screaming bloody murder. At the time, we're in Bowling Green, Kentucky, so we're only forty-five minutes into this trip, right? Ooh. 
And this happens. <laughs> and it's going on for a solid 30, maybe solid 30 minutes. I mean, just going crazy. So much so to the point where I almost asked my wife to drop me off in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> And continue her journey on up through there and then come back. Now, I look at this six years, six, six, seven years later, and I'm thankful that I did not opt out of that car. What I did do, though, is I couldn't stand it anymore. I was going internally crazy. So I turned around and I told I just started using the calming voice. Like, I know you wanted that red slushy. The blue slushy and the red slushy taste the same. <laughs> Just drink the slushy. Yeah. But no, I think I said something like, we'll get the red slushy the next time. Sure. The blue slushy's just as good. And over time, he eventually calmed down. He wanted but, that red pill, man. He wanted it out of the Matrix. No <laughs> he doubt. Did. But that was, I mean, like I said, and we said this toddler ages from one to about four. And he was still in that. So I can say I see, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. But I think I'm a solid, you know, better part of a year out from it. Think about it. If you would have actually gotten dropped off in Louisville, we probably wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. You're that right. is absolutely <laughs> true. And to go even further to that point is we did consider for a split second on that drive Googling where the next Sonic was on the road. <sighs> and then we shut that down. Again, you got to think we were very early into a relationship at this point. Because what's worse than a toddler <laughs> that's just drank a blue slushy and having a meltdown? A toddler that's had a second slushy yes. and is having a meltdown. And and again, that's if you just stomped and got him a second slushy, that just teaches him that he can throw a fit and get whatever yeah, he wants. Which, exactly. Which I'm very much against. It's but sh- parents get to the point of desperation, and my wife and I have been there multiple times. And there are a lot of parents out there in our listenership that have gotten to the point of desperation that you just want it to stop. Right. I think in that situation, I was because I, I want I try to imagine how I would handle it. Cause I don't, you know, if, if my daughter had been, had done that, I think I'd have pulled over somewhere and I think I'd have gotten out of the car and you know, I'm not going to leave the car, but I would just say, Hey, I think you need to be alone for a little bit. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you work it out. But this is, that's not how we act. I'm going to roll up the windows and turn off this car and let you think about yep, it for out about 10 sun. minutes. And then you're going to be appreciative of that blue gonna slushie. love that damn slushie. It's going to be your best friend. As a matter of fact, I'm taking the slushie with me. But no, no, I think I would. I'd pull over. I'd let I'd leave the car running, but I'd get out of the car and I'd cry it out, do whatever you want to. But like at what age? Cause I if I, like if that, it was in that age. That I think three? I'd be like, mm, okay. I, 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 See, I, I, I don't know how you drove for an hour listening to it. I, I would. I would have pulled over and said, hey, yeah, you need to. It wasn't that need... long. It was about a half an hour. But okay. I would have been like, you went need... through like hyperventilation phases, phases and like just screaming phases and, you know, crying and it just doesn't stop. And mm-hmm. uh, we, when you're in a tiny space like that in a car, it's hard to redirect your attention because yeah. you can't walk away from it. You know, it's. I it's think. in that kid's head, and if, if it had happened at home, I'd have, I'd have put, I'd have told the kid to go to her room. Sure, yeah. I well, mean, something I'm, that's very encouraging for people who kind of break down at times because this is happening is uh, I did read a statistic that said in 2018 they're gauging that 75 percent of tantrums last five minutes or less. So tantrums are going to happen, but just know they're temporary. It's like pain in the McCamey Manor. It's just temporary. Unless you pull out your teeth. <laughs> or you get a tattoo on your face. Yeah. That might not be the best comparison. Okay. Let's, let's get back to Star Wars comparison. Yeah. <laughs> temporary. Pain is temporary. Um, but so that that is very encouraging. And 
the terrible twos are again again one more time unless your old boy and his wife are going to happen to you in some form or fashion they will present themselves in different ways because all kids are different all parenting's different um it it, is the fact that we feel your pain and it's the reason we do this podcast on a weekly basis is we go through this we just want to kind of help you know and i don't know if it helps or not but it helps me to talk it out so when i go home I try to approach things differently. Now, that normally doesn't happen, but I'm trying. Kind of like smoking cigarettes. I'll think about quitting this year, and that's a step. That, yep. Have you ever thought about giving your kid a cigarette when he's having a belt down? <laughs> Dude. No, but that might work. <laughs> no. Okay, that was probably the wrong thing to say. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you shared that story. What's now? What's the worst tantrum Levon's had? That to to memory. The worst tantrum Levon has, and he it's not very consistent, but it does happen. Is middle of the night night terrors, and I would throw that mm. into tantrums. And Do you let him watch scary movies. I try not to. Um, I did watch. Let him watch Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare because I don't think that's a scary installment. <laughs> wow! In that series, um, oh. I think there's more comedy in it. Roseanne Barr is in it. Um, no, so it, when he wakes up in the middle of the night and he can't control, understand what's going on. I don't know if he came out of a dream or not. He starts hyperventilating. We're up for a solid hour. <laughs> Can I just go off on a side tangent here, real quick, about movies and what kids absorb? So you, I don't know, you you don't think Freddy's dead is that scary or whatever. You don't think it affected him that much. This is a couple of days ago. I was watching, I put on uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse because we were talking about that. Sure. And I had, I'd seen it like once before. So I was like, I'll throw this on. Me and Barrett are hanging out of the house after he gets home from daycare, you know, and we're watching it and he's loving it. I pick him up at daycare the next day. The teacher told me that he did like basically a haymaker punch like spun his arm around <laughs> and then punched a kid which i'm pretty sure the pig does on like spider pig might do on that mm-hmm. cartoon or something yeah so i was just like okay we've watched this once and this kid have already absorbed how to throw a haymaker on one of his classmates dang that's so, pretty good so these kids they absorb the stuff even if you don't think like i mean the night terrors may very well be from freddy's dead we don't think freddy's dead is scary it's cheesy as hell but fucking a man sure. it's probably scary as sure shit. the guy with n- n- knives for fingers yeah <laughs> and get get back to the uh you know bear throwing haymakers and stuff how about, how about this don't ever let them start watching Monday Night Raw because oh, yeah. that has opened up a whole can in my house. I mean, yeah. Levon knows how to fall and fake it. He knows how to go down for one, two, three. He knows how to kick his arm up, and he's two and a half. I can only imagine what his daycare teachers don't tell me that he actually does at right. school. Oh, God. Man. He's so, doing, like, stunners to kids and stuff. <laughs> well, I guess that's not what, – what's the relevant finishing move right now? Uh, Superman punch. Sorry, I know I derailed oh, it there, but that just made me think about that. No, it's great. And it, it brings up a good uh, kind of ending to the podcast. This age is not only, you know, this headache that we've talked about on this podcast today. It is also a very awesome time in development. For sure. Seeing them accomplish things and get excited about things, especially when you're potty training, you can get them excited about the first couple times they do it. Or you get them excited about the first time they experience something new. And that could be anything from walking halfway down the yard and back. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, um, that seeing their faces, seeing their grow and, you know, 
approach things in a different manner every time that they are presented with that is great. Um, that is the good takeaway. Uh, another good right. takeaway was what I said was the 75% of tanners last five minutes or less. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, so it is encouraging, but you will go through this age um, and you might have already gone through it and you might have some tips for us. So if you do feel free to reach out to us on our socials, DM us. I hate that term, but DM us and tell us your story yeah. and we will put that out sure. there. Yeah, sure. Let's really put it in perspective too. Like, yes, it's terrible. Yes. These kids have meltdowns. It sucks when it's happening, but it is bet like a majority of the time they're not having a meltdown. A majority of the time they're being cool. They're, you know, they're, they're having a good time. You're having a good time with them. At least that's my experience so far, you know, like, right. I don't know as much as my kid is starting to act out. He's also the funniest that he's been since I've met him. You know, he's like does funny stuff and he's almost got like a little sense of humor now. So it's like, I can take the bad with the good. Absolutely. And if that doesn't work for you and we're talking about a mental state, there's always beer and whiskey and (laughs) wine and and alcohol volume. Um, Do you think, do you think the terrible twos is like a hereditary thing? Cause I I called my mom to ask, you know, if I was a terrible two year old and uh, she said, no, (laughs) of course, I don't believe you. I I still do not believe anything that you're saying. Well, you know. No. <laughs> Maybe it's that sinister smile on your face. I have a sinister smile. <laughs> well, we uh, we hope you enjoy listening as always every week. Uh, thanks for supporting us. You are our loyal listenership, and we really appreciate you. We couldn't be doing this without you. I mean, we could, but we'd just be talking to ourselves, right? Yeah, which is how this whole thing got started. And uh, so, feel free to go on our socials, uh, Raising Nashville Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, all those things, um, wherever. And we always ask that if you take 30 seconds out of your day, wherever you are, pull up the app that you're using to listen to this podcast and like us, rate us, tell your friends about us. We appreciate it. We're back every week. We really enjoy this. We hope you do too. And, uh, and we'll have see a terrific Monday. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed listening. If you don't have children, have one. Have one. Catch up. Yeah. We want you to know what we go through. Yeah. The fear. No plus no equals no. All no's lead to no, no, no. Finger pointing, eyebrows low. Mouth in the shape of the letter O Pardon me? No Excuse me? No May I stay? Can I go? No 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 No